Hello, nerds, and welcome to another episode of the Brains, Boobs, and Beer podcast. I'm your host, Heather, and today I have a wonderful coworker who has agreed to um, come on and share his life story with us. So, Derek, welcome. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you. And I think you said you listened to some too, right? Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't even know. I don't ever get to work with you anymore. Yeah, no. But, um, I was I was traveling for work one day and Ramit told me that he had sat down with you. And done oh, that. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's so cool. Nice. I'll have to give it a listen and I did. Yeah. And then uh, I listened to Alex as, as well. Two people okay. who yeah. I've worked with in varying capacities. But, yep. You know, I wanted to see what they had to say. So. Yeah. Yeah. And she just changed like... Her yeah. whole like worldview, so that's pretty fun. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's, that's you know, it's always cool to to embark on a new journey. Like yes, that. yeah, I would like to try to get in touch with um, Vanessa. Yes, I think that would be a great episode. So I love Vanessa; she's great. Yeah, yeah, and I've been following some of the stuff she's doing, so it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, but anyway, we're here to talk about you. No. <laughs> so, Derek, um, how did you get started in? STEM life or nerd life, nerdery. Yeah, well, if we're going to expand it to just nerdery in general, <laughs> I, I do have a good story of how I got started in nerdery. So Excellent. I was in, let me paint the picture for you guys. Mm-hmm. I was in fifth grade in elementary school, walking down the hallway, and I walked past the library in my elementary school. And this is going to sound kind of creepy, but this <laughs> guy was like, hey, I saw you in the library earlier, and um, I have some gummy worms here. And I was like, oh, I love gummy worms. And he was like, like, the catch is, you have to come and learn how to play chess. I was like, okay, I'll do that. Wow. So I really liked gummy worms when I was a kid. Okay. Um, So I was bribed into learning how to play chess, Hmm. but it ended up being that I really enjoyed the game. Yeah. Um, started playing in fifth grade, and the guy who was doing this was actually the coach of the high school team, and he okay. was trying to build a pipeline that uh, would eventually feed into this team when you get to the high school. So that's such an interesting uh, way to do that—a stranger giving out candy I know. to like <laughs> elementary school kids. I know, I'm, but I, I'm like, I know there's a better way for me to tell the story, but that's actually what happens. That's awesome. <laughs> and I I don't know that that would happen nowadays. Like, yeah, probably not. Probably not. Yeah, that's cool. People are a little bit. More reluctant. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That doesn't. That's no reflection on my parents. I was well trained. <laughs> I just gave the situation. I was like, it's this like guy gummy. does not seem harmful, and he has a delicious. Candy. He was in school, so there was yeah, right. some level of trust. Yeah. That's cool, though. That's yeah. fun. So then you started playing chess. So I started playing chess, and then when I went to middle school in sixth grade, I started playing much more competitively. Ah. Um, so I started going to tournaments. I went to when I was in sixth grade. I went to a tournament in Nashville. Oh wow! And then I got the opportunity to travel around the country playing chess, essentially. Wow. Um, and it, it was really fun. I, I love the game. You yeah. Know, my dad taught me how to play in addition to that coach. And so it was a fun thing that we had between the two of us. And um, when I got to high school, I was playing even more competitively, still playing in tournaments. And then, you know, when you get to high school, there's a, at least in my school district, we mm-hmm. have a JV and varsity team. Of course. Against other schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how I began my nerd journey, I would say. <laughs> I love it. Chess player. That's awesome. Yeah. So now you said you play with your dad. Was there some point where like the son yeah. beats the master father? Yeah, it was <laughs> yes, actually. It was it's funny. It sticks out in my mind. Yeah. Because it was the night before we went to my first big tournament was oh. the first time that I beat him. 
Oh, wow. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that I think it was a little deliberate. But, yeah, yeah. You know, like, going to boost his confidence. Yeah, and it worked because I performed very well in that tournament. Nice. But, you know, that's, that's good parenting. Thanks, right Dad. There. But then after that, then it was totally organic. Like, he had no shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. But, I mean, I, my dad told me a lot. He told me how to yeah. play chess, how to play basketball, more importantly, how to be a man, you know. And, that's like, good. How to yeah. treat people. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I owe him a lot, of course. Awesome. And I think you did good. You're a very nice person. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well done, Papa. <laughs> awesome. So while you were doing chess. Yes. Um, so where did you start to develop, like, science or STEM-based yeah. interest? So, you know, it wasn't really until late in high school for me. You know, like, I... I played with bionicles a lot when I was a kid. Okay. And uh, my mom was like, oh, you should be an engineer. You play with bionicles. And I'm, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, that's quite the, you know, arc to draw from <laughs> playing with bionicles to being an engineer. But she was saying it. Yeah. And the other thing she would always tell me is, oh, you should be a lawyer because you're so argumentative. <laughs> I was like, well, that's I got that one too. Yeah, I got right? that one when I was little. Yeah. There was probably a big influx of lawyers around at the time. Yeah. Of the generation yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I always kind of had that in the back mm. of my mind. It's like, I guess this is something that I can do. And, mm. uh, when I got into school, I just sort of found that math and physics came a little bit more naturally to me mm. than, than English and history. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now that I'm an adult, I'm much more interested in English and history. Mm -hmm. but when you're in school, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't care about this. Yeah, this yeah. I got to crush through, like, what I'm taking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, now I have an appreciation for it and, you know, can sort of you know, it, it's good to learn about that stuff. Yeah. But at the time, you know, the, I guess the process of being faced with a problem and then, you know, finding a way to solve that problem was mm -hmm. something that I liked, you know, it was like, mm -hmm. okay, I can get to the end. I can see there's a clear cut solution here. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess that's just what I gravitated towards. So when okay. it came time for, actually, when it came time for college, I was, I was torn between, majoring in psychology and mm. majoring in chemical engineering, which is what I ended up doing. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it was, you know, the people, the adults in my life at the time were like, come on, you got to be a chemical engineer. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so I did that. Yep. Okay. And then, uh, I just, I guess I went off into college, started studying engineering. And then, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my friends were engineers mm. or, you know, in college, you make friends with the folks who are sort of sure. your gen eds. So, yeah. you know, I was taking chemistry, taking calc, mm -hmm. um, physics. So from there, you know, I had friends who went into pre-med and friends who were microbiologists. Mm -hmm. From there, it just sort of evolved, you know. And mm -hmm. I, I think that STEM in general is a fascinating field. You know, there's so many different problems out there to tackle. And mm -hmm. what's cool about STEM is there's so many different angles to tackle them from. Yeah. So, you know, I... I've, I've loved it ever since, you know, and I, I think just sort of more broadly being in a company now, um, it's interesting to see the applications of STEM in mm -hmm. business and sort of the constraints that are also imposed on just maybe, you know, pure research and development, mm -hmm. for example, like mm -hmm. what might exist if we didn't have to say, okay, we're going to turn this into a profit yeah, by, yeah. by, by this, this amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, it's also interesting to see the, yeah. Yeah. Now with your interest in psychology, yeah. you're saying that, um, and seeing kind of STEM play out in career path, which we'll get into where you are now. Yeah. Um, 
from a psychology standpoint, I always think it's interesting to see how all these people with different STEM backgrounds interact and the way people get through problem solving. Yeah. Because I, I, I think like, oh, everybody must think like me. Like yeah. I did chemistry. I probably think like chemical engineer maybe a little bit. <laughs> we overlapped in a lot of classes, but every person like thinks through stuff differently. So I just wondered, like, since you had such an interest in psychology, like, what do you no, that's see so, and think? Yeah, that's so true. You know, like, and it's interesting because I almost growing up, you sort of feel like there's a, a stereotype of like what kind of person a scientist is, for mm -hmm. example. Some nerd with glasses. And... Yeah. Like, oh, this guy probably <laughs> loves to read books. Yeah. You know, nerd. But in reality, especially once you meet more people, you realize everyone, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. Everyone mm -hmm. is their own unique person and everyone has their own life experiences that sort of shapes the way that they go through the world and mm -hmm. in every element of their life, you know, how they interact in interpersonal relationships and how they approach a problem. And, you know, that's kind of what's cool about the workforce is you're working with these big teams of people and everyone mm -hmm. has a different idea about what's the best way to approach this problem. And that's how you really get to the best solution. Mm -hmm. And, I think it's especially important in, in science, you know, in, to, well, I should say STEM in general, because you need to have people from different perspectives to solve a complex technical problem. You, know, mm -hmm. you need to have someone looking at it. Like I think of it in the, you know, in the process of developing a consumer product, mm -hmm. you, know, you have to have someone looking at it from the microbiology perspective, mm -hmm. someone looking at it from, you know, the stability perspective. Um, yeah, there's then, a lot of brains that go into it. There's a lot of brains that go into it. <laughs> and it's interesting to see the way that plays out in terms of how people do business and communicate with themselves, with mm -hmm. each other, mm -hmm. in that same way. You know? mm -hmm. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it's fascinating. You know? Yeah. I, I think that's what's interesting is, like, psychology is so broad that it's, it applies to every person. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it was fun to take it as my electives in college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you do the, I had, we had like set electives. So like we had to do at least one, I think it was one course in psychology. And then we were pulled into, like we had to do, not volunteer hours, but we had to like go to various tests or studies that they were doing oh, yeah. on people. Did you guys have to do that? Yeah, we didn't yeah. have to do that. But no, like, okay. We had like required hours. Really? <laughs> yeah. So then I was like going in and like messing up tests on purpose. Oh, wow. Take that. Man. <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. Be the wrong data. <laughs> There's many psychologists out there. Like, Darn you. <laughs> well, I hope data. not. I hope they weren't that serious. <laughs> but cool. So after you, so now you have a bachelor's yep. from Rutgers. From Rutgers. Yes. And then have you continued additional study? Uh, while in the workforce, or I have not. Okay, I have, I mean, I have not taken, either. I've taken a course here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Training, yeah. got a certificate. Yep, yep. But uh, no, nothing, nothing formal. You know, okay, I've just been trying to learn through experience. Pretty yeah, much. yeah. There may come a time down the road. Where yeah, I consider that. But yeah. For now, not there yet. Okay, yeah. so once you graduated, yeah. how did you get into yeah. employment? Sure. To where you are now, sure. So, <laughs> in a new role. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So when I graduated, I um, moved out to rural Pennsylvania, which was, you know, I grew up in New Jersey, lived mm. here pretty much my whole life. Um, but I was born in New York, but lived in New Jersey pretty oh, much okay. my whole life. Um, so yeah, I moved out to Pennsylvania, started a job as a process engineer mm -hmm. at a paper mill, which okay. was really interesting because you wouldn't think that. 
making a paper towel is technically complex, but mm. it was the most technically complex thing that I've ever learned about in my life. Wow. Yeah. The paper machine is huge. It's like mm -hmm. 100 yards long, three stories high. Oh my There's gosh. There's a bunch of dangerous equipment. It's very okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it was a great, honestly, it was a great experience. I loved working there. Um, was working at P&G. P&G is a great company. Um, I really think that they have a good approach to leadership development and mm. to technical training. So I really enjoyed my time there. The only thing I didn't enjoy was living in rural Pennsylvania. Ah. It was it was an interesting experience, but yeah. you know, I I like to have a lot of things going on. Mm -hmm. There just wasn't as much going on out there. You know? Okay, it's for some, wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, then after I worked there for two years. And uh, after that, I came to the company. <laughs> yes, and, that we are at now. <laughs> that we are currently working at. And uh, I started working in, in uh, scale-up. So okay. process development, launching new products, which was really cool because uh, working in manufacturing, it's very operational. Like, it's technical. Mm -hmm. um, every day is very different and unpredictable, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is something that I liked about it. But... Uh, the nature of manufacturing is like, okay, there's a problem. I'm going to go take care of the problem mm -hmm. tomorrow onto something new. Mm -hmm. Here, it's very much of like, okay, there's something in the pipeline for three years. Mm -hmm. And how are we progressing towards our self-imposed milestones over that period of three years? And of course, during the journey, things twist and turn and eventually a product finally makes it out the door. But learning more about that journey was so interesting for me because, mm. you know, when you're working in manufacturing, you're at the end of the pipeline. Sure. Like you're yep. just focused on like, I got to get product to the consumer. Out the door. Yeah. yeah. But then when you're in R&D, you're like, okay, why is the product this way? Mm -hmm. What does the consumer actually want? Mm -hmm. Am I giving the consumer what they want? Is it safe? Is mm -hmm. it stable? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's just really interesting to sort of understand that overall life cycle that a product goes through, you know, and, and I think it's it's cool working in the CPG industry um, because you know you go into a store and you're like, oh, I made that. It's on yes, the shelf, yeah, you know? And, yeah. You know, I, it's funny. I found myself after I started here, like I'd be in the shower and I have like a Pantene shampoo and pick it up and be like, what's in here? And actually, <laughs> you know, have some inside that. Yeah. So like, oh, okay. look at this ingredient list. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, half of this stuff doesn't do anything, <laughs> you know, or like. They just want to drive the price up. So it's no funny. offense to Pantene. Yeah, not it smells that, great. Not saying that they do that. <laughs> I don't want to make any accusations. I'm not trying to get used to it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, but, but you get insight on what everything is and yeah. what it does, and yeah, there's fluff, I'm sure, in yeah. in some product out there. Yeah, and you get free samples, which is nice. Well, that's always great. Yeah, yeah. So, more so for the. My friends, you know, like I'll go to their house and be like, hey, here's yeah. 10 bottles of lotion. And I'll be like, wow, <laughs> you could come over at any day. <laughs> but it is fun. Like you were saying, it's fun to see your, there's like something tangible at the end of the project yeah. that you can see out in the world, out yeah. in public. And then people are very appreciative of it and like know it and. Yeah. love it like some people love stuff so much i'm like why it's just yeah. to me it's just another lotion or cream or wash or whatever but for sure and you know i was the kind of person where i didn't use any extra products at all before i started working here like i used like soap shampoo conditioner deodorant that's pretty much yeah the extent <laughs> of my consumer products 
Now I'm like, oh, I got face cream, <laughs> like I got body lotion. I mean, that that's still where my where I am, but it's better than where I was before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand, like, you know, that there's actually a reason why it's needed, and like what's actually going to happen to your skin and mm-hmm. your body over the long run if you don't use these mm-hmm. types of products. And I feel like once you see the data and you see the studies, you're like, oh, I got to moisturize. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Or if they if you're doing some of the in house like tests yeah and you start seeing some of the sun photos or the yeah. like you're like oh my god all the sunscreen now yeah or like when they when um i don't remember what's what platform it was put out that camera film filter oh yeah yeah that makes you yeah, look yeah. like 70 years old yeah. it's like oh man <laughs> more Where's products more products yeah. 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 yeah so yeah i did that did r&d for Close to three years, okay. a little bit of product development in there as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, as Heather mentioned earlier, I just started a new role. Yeah. Um, so now I'm working in supply chain, sort of back to operations, but mm-hmm. it's, it's very cool um, working to manage some of our manufacturing sites. So it's more of like a, there's still a bit of a technical element to it, not as much as it was before, but mm-hmm. now it's sort of getting into my interest in the psychological aspect, of mm-hmm. it, you know, and like, mm-hmm. um, sort of like managing relationships Mm -hmm. and I like it, you know, I Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. It's a new challenge. It's very fast paced again, which I, like I said, I like the fast paced nature of it. Um, And for me, what I really like, I I like having a technical element to my work and I also like connecting with people. So Mm -hmm. um, as long as I am being satisfied in those two ways, I'm good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's been great so far. You know, the people on the team are really good. Um, really making me feel welcome. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of the, the culture of the company here overall. You know, yeah. Everyone's yeah. very warm, welcoming, encouraging. Yeah. So that's awesome. When, and when did you officially start the um, new role? January 13th. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like it was like a week ago was happy yeah. hours. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, there's still a little bit of a transition period. Yeah. 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 Know, as yeah. it is with any internal Yeah. I'm sure. Many yeah. Folks know that. Yeah. Story too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it's like I said, it's been great. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so having been kind of back and forth from like upstream, downstream, your R and D to supply yeah. chain or ops or manufacturing. Yeah. Um, what's something that has like bridged across both? in terms of like a key lesson that you wouldn't maybe necessarily think would go into both buckets, but yeah. has. Um, and then did you have anything that you really enjoyed about, is there something special about each bucket that you really enjoyed? Um, yeah. So there's one thing that my first manager at PG used to always tell me, and she said, seek to understand when there's a mm-hmm. problem, seek to understand. And that's something that I always took with me to any role that I've been in so far. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, it is what it sounds like, you know, if there's a problem or a challenge or you don't fully understand something, seek to understand, ask the question, why Mm -hmm. is it like that? Mm -hmm. Like, how did you get there? Doing it in a nice way, of course. But what I found is that applies to really any situation that you might encounter in the workplace, whether it's a technical problem, so you can mm-hmm. understand, you know, mm-hmm. if there's a subject matter expert, consult them, if there's a paper, go find it. Mm-hmm. And if you just keep sort of like peeling back the onion, then where you might have felt like you initially reached an impasse, you can sort of break through. And so 
you know, whether that's extracting information from a business partner or whether, you know, you had a batch that you were making on the bench that failed for some reason, mm -hmm. really do a deep dive and understand why did it fail? How did it fail? And how can I prevent it from happening next time? So that's a big one for me. Like when you talk about something across that the board, of, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think another thing for me, especially that has been really key. And I, I, I don't think this is really anything unique about the jobs that I've had, but mm -hmm. just more of being in the workforce for the time that I have been is just being organized, you know, like mm -hmm. being like in my new role. One thing that I've implemented is like, a four quadrant approach of like what's urgent and important and okay. not urgent and not important and just yeah. being very disciplined about like writing down what I have to do mm -hmm. and like making sure I check off at least a certain amount, you know, every mm -hmm. week. it's been good. But I, I mean, I think the, the nature of these types of workplaces is very dynamic. You know, mm -hmm. and it's very like, there's a bunch of different people and different problems coming at you all the time. Sure. So being able to like, address everyone's needs and then still like remember and find the time to do what you have to do for you and your job. You know, yeah. It's yeah. important. And it's, it's something that one of the things they taught at a PG actually was, you know, being explicit and having a way to manage that mm. and sort of work process management. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that I've taken away mm -hmm. and, you know, just always being a good business partner. Mm -hmm. You know, that's another thing that I think is very important. Like if you say you're going to do something, following through on it, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, um, being nice, you know, yeah. like, God forbid, yeah. <laughs> you always want to be nice. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you? Yeah. Nice? Yeah. Everyone likes working with nice people. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, those are just more like broad things. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I would say those are my takeaways. Nice. Has there been any, um, point between those different roles where you had like a, a really big challenge or something to overcome and that you can share about and maybe how did you get, get past that or move on or did you have a mentor or did somebody help you through a sticky situation? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that's, that's just work, life. You know? there's, and life. <laughs> yeah. There's always challenges, you know, and like mentorship is something that I'm huge on. Like mm -hmm. I, I really, really think mentorship is valuable. And a uh, little shameless plug, I volunteer for this nonprofit organization. It's called America Needs You. Awesome. Yeah, there's, there's four chapters. The one I, I volunteer with is based out of Jersey City. Okay. And basically it's like a program and, you know, we provide mentorship to first-generation college students. Oh, great. Yeah, so it's for, like, professional development and also, like, financial management, helping yeah. them in school, too. Yeah. So it's really, like, it's a good cause. Mm -hmm. But you can see the impact that you're having, you know, in these students' lives. Mm -hmm. And it's just, if you ever needed to be, you know, affirmed in how important mentoring is, that's a great place to see it. So, okay. If anyone's interested in getting involved in the mentorship program, definitely check that out. Yeah, and I'll add like in the notes for the yeah. episode, I'll add like a, if there's a link or sure. information. Yeah. yeah, so people can go check it out. Yeah, and it's it's also like a great, it's a great place to meet other young professionals. So it's mm. like cohorts mm -hmm. of sixty. Mm -hmm. They're growing to hundred next year. But oh wow, yeah, it's it's just it's fun. So that's awesome. But you know, actually, this this rounds out nicely because the way that I sort of came to understand the value of mentorship is when I was in, when I was a senior in college, I had a friend who was in the program. Okay. And she took me with her one day to one of the workshops as a guest. Okay. 
and I went there and I was like, whoa, this is a really well-structured program. And like all of the students in this program are so polished. Like, mm. how did they get here? And they all had awesome jobs. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, how did this happen to all of them? And, <laughs> you know, it's like having that person, you know, with you to help you guide you through, you know, life essentially is extremely valuable, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think part of having, I think it's always important to seek people out who have skills or wisdom or knowledge that you want and to be around them to understand like, okay, what's their process? How do mm-hmm. they get there? You know, like, what are the things that I should be doing? And when my friend who's in the program explained to me the impact of her mentor on her career trajectory and sort of the personal, the, the strength of the personal connection that they mm. have, like she went to her wedding. Oh, wow. And they like, became lifelong friends. And oh, I was that's like, wow, great. That's a beautiful thing. You know? Yeah. And she was like, you really need to do this. And I was like, mm. okay, like, I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, when I started off my career, I tried to make it a point to find mentors to help me, you know, whether it, it's a question of what you should do, like what sort of things you should be considering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, especially starting off in my career, I had a lot of questions about like, okay, like what's the culture here? Mm-hmm. What can I, what can I do? Who should I meet? You know, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's pretty basic information, but if you don't have someone to tell you those sorts of things, yeah. you can get tripped up on, on some of those little things. So yeah. when it comes to a particularly hard time, going back to your question, mm-hmm. um, I guess I think about there was a time when I was working at PNG and I was trying to uh, install this new piece of equipment. It's actually a whole system of equipment. Mm. And I need I had this guy, he was like the operations area lead for the area that the equipment was, was going in. into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was just so, so, so difficult. And he mm. would just like always like try and cancel our meetings. And mm. he always like, he's like, oh, I don't want, I don't have to make like the operating instructions. I'll make it next week. I'll make it the following week. I'll make it <laughs> next week. And this is the first time in my career, like, you know, how in an interview, there was, tell me about a time that you worked with someone. Right, 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 right. And when I was in the moment, I'm like, oh, this is going to be my story. My question. <laughs> <laughs> nice I, he gave you a story yeah yeah and i've told this story a couple times but um you know my mentors at png and outside of png as well were really useful in sort of being like here's how you can like gently push him along mm-hmm. so you can create a space that will make him you know want to do the work or mm-hmm. here's a way like don't get frustrated here's some mm-hmm. tools that you can use just little things like that you mm-hmm. know, and like that's definitely not the biggest challenge that I've faced in my career, but yeah. it's just something that comes to mind. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. I, I guess in summation, I, I, I truly believe mentorship is very important and I try and give back as much as I can. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So the program that you're volunteering yeah. at, are you then, you have a mentor and you're mentoring someone else or? No. so um, it, it's, so it's, it's basically, it's a two year, commitment. Okay. And, um, there's workshops for the first year. The workshops are every other Saturday. Mm. And for the second year, the workshops are like once a month mm. and, um, you go there and the first five workshops are sort of like speed dating. So you meet mm. the people, the, the students who are in school, um, and you talk to a bunch of them and you learn what their career interests are. And like, you get to know them as people a little bit. And then after the fifth workshop, you know, the fellows in the program submit mm-hmm. their preference for who they want to be matched with and the mentors submit their oh, preference okay. and then the program matches you up. Yeah. 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 And then, um, from there, yeah, you mentor them 
for two years and then probably beyond because yeah. you know, you're building a strong relationship. So right. it's like, why would you stop at that point? Right. And right. I think that probably happens a lot of the time. But, you know, there is an opportunity. It's interesting because it's like if you just take 60 to 100 young professionals and put them together mm -hmm. every other weekend for a year, like <laughs> those people are going to become friends too. Mm -hmm. And like that's also expanding your professional network as well. So it's it's sort of like win, 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 you know, everyone yeah. So, yeah. And, and there's opportunities for you to like, because the mentors themselves, the age range is probably like two years removed. Actually, I've seen some more or less than two years removed from graduation all the mm. way up to like been working for 25 years. Oh, wow. So, you know, I, and even I've been in, my cohort has been going since um, like June, July of 2018. So, I've already seen some of the mentors change jobs to the companies of some of the other mentors. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, yeah. everyone has something to gain from the program, which is yeah. when you know you've made a good program. Yeah. Know, I promise I'm not on payroll for marketing. <laughs> I just really think it's a good program. Yeah. 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 No, it sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like when we were chatting beforehand, you were talking about like you never shut a door. And yeah. so you're just opening a bunch more yeah. doors with that program. Exactly. And yeah. that's something that a mentor once told me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> never yeah. turn a bridge. Yep, yep, know. for sure. You never know yeah. where you'll end up. Yeah. And our industry is small enough. It that... is, especially <laughs> in New Jersey. Yeah. Which is kind of nice because it's like if you really wanted to move, like you could change jobs and change companies, but not actually move your home. Yeah. Which is like yeah. as you get older, you yeah. know, that becomes more of a factor. Yes. So. Yeah, it does. Well, cool. When you're not um, doing all these things. What do you have some cool hobbies besides chess? <laughs> I assume you're still out there kicking butt at chess. Once in a while. Once in a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are there other things you like to do to unplug or kind of shift your brain to the other side? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, I love playing sports. You know, that's something that I've always done in my life. I mm -hmm. love playing soccer a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm in leagues pretty much year round. And like, okay. I was telling one of my friends yesterday, actually, like, whenever I change companies, that's my go-to way of, like, make friends. Oh, company, yeah. Like, all right, when's the intramural soccer? Team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, every company has an intramural soccer team. Maybe this is a lot. <laughs> but, you know, they, I love playing soccer, so that's that's something I do. I try and do it. It's a little tougher in the wintertime, of course. Yeah. But I try and do it as much as I can. Um, since I moved to New Jersey, I started cycling. Okay. I don't know if I can call it cycling because... My bike's not super expensive, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that matters. Yeah, but yeah, I used to ride my bike to work. Um, oh, okay. My first year here, I loved doing that. Yeah. Um, it was great. Yeah. It was, it was, I just love being outside. So yeah. Those are the two big ones, you know. Obviously, I love. I also love traveling, especially. Oh, okay. Twenty nineteen, I traveled a lot. Nice. And uh, probably going to end up traveling a lot in twenty twenty as well. Um, now, where all did you go in? I remember you were out a couple yeah. of times that I was over on this campus. Yeah. But where all did you go last year? So I went to Panama. Mm -hmm. I went to Greece. And I went to Rome. Okay. I guess I should have said Italy. Stay with the country. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Panama City. Um, and then in Greece, we went to Santorini. Mm -hmm. And we went to Athens. And then in Italy, Rome. Nice. Yeah. So, and then of course all the work travel. Yeah. Which is yeah. also kind of fun. Honestly. Yeah. It's like yeah. you spend a couple hours in this town and that town, mm -hmm. and see something new. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I love traveling. Love spending time with my friends. Mm -hmm. 
Do you uh, do you know where you're going this year? Any? Do you already have those yes. planned out? So going to the Dominican Republic. Oh, okay. Two weeks. Now, is this for work or for no, for that fun? Would, that would be cool, though. Uh, <laughs> this is a fun trip. This is like going to visit uh, my girlfriend's family. Oh, okay. And um, so that'll be half the trip, and then half the trip will be at a resort. Nice. In true Dominican Republic fashion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So that'll be good. And then there was recent chatter about a trip to Colombia in my Ooh. my friend group text. Oh, okay. We'll see if that sort of materializes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I usually tend to put most of my travel towards the back half of the year, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. September. And I try and like parlay with the holidays. So like mm-hmm. Memorial Day weekend, like mm-hmm. weekend. So yeah, get there. I go to Atlanta next weekend. So oh, nice. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. My little sister is going to grad school there. So, oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm just going to go hang out with her for the weekend. It'll be very yeah. nice. Yeah. I've only been through the airport, but here there's really good food. It is. It's very good food. I can't believe you've only ever been to the airport. I know. It's just been like a, oh, I got to get to the next spot. Well, it's so, like, you can, it's so cheap to get down there. You can it fly is. a trend for like $75. Oh, my gosh. For a round trip flight, like for the weekend. Oh, wow. And you should do it. I should do it. Yeah. Go get some. That's awesome. Go get some chicken and waffles. Yeah. Dang. That'd be great. Right? Sounds yeah. Right yeah. Now. It sounds delicious. <laughs> it sounds awesome. After a long day of work. <laughs> yeah. I can always do chicken and waffles. Right. That's cool. But yeah, they have some, you know, the other thing, keeping with the theme of the podcast, one of my favorite breweries is in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Actually, I don't know if it's in Atlanta, but it's like in the greater Atlanta area. Okay. Sweetwater. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sweetwater 420 Pale Ale is one that I That's your your go-to? Yeah. It's only when I get down there, like, I'm going to go grab one of those. Like, first thing, first bar we go to, get one of those on draft. Cause yeah, you don't really see them up here. Very yeah, often. yeah. Well, when I moved out here, people were laughing at me because I'd be like, "Oh, Yingling, like, because yeah, right. like it doesn't distribute out there." So That's then so it true. was like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot where." And then we did a friend of mine, and I went out to do the tour yeah. and like walk around and see it. So there's um, I don't know if you've been, but there's this really small brewery like ten minutes away from here. Uh, here being the office. Yeah. And um, it's like these guys and they just make a, a very, very small batch once a week and they fill like 600 cans. Troon? Uh, Troon. Yeah. Um, Paul. Paul introduced me to Troon. Yeah? Yeah. How do you feel about Troon? It was great. Like, but I, because they do all the posts, so I do follow their posts, but yeah. then like, by the time I see the posts, they're like, we're sold out. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I didn't even know what happening yeah i feel like i gotta camp out (laughs) and when last time i was there there was this person telling me they're like oh yeah we drive like an hour and 15 minutes (gasps) wow wow i was like wow that's some dedication but when we were there i had tried a couple and they were they were good i've never had a bad beer from there yeah and that's what he was telling me like when we went i was like wow that's great (laughs) more free marketing for true yeah, yeah, that's great. I'll put the link on there too. Yeah. <laughs> Go find it. Go find yeah. drone. They kind of don't really exist except on Instagram, I think. Yeah, right. Because they're like tucked in the it's restaurant, like, that's right? The, that's like that's goals for retirement. Dude. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. Hang out, make some, make yeah. a batch of beer, <laughs> yeah. sell it at a huge markup, and yeah. call it a day. Yeah, people are coming for yeah. an hour and a half to and come and get it. Line for like an hour or two yeah, sometimes. yeah. So, what's your favorite beer? Um. 
My all-time favorite is a coffee porter from one of the places out in L.A., um, from Smog City. During the holidays, I really like Stone's Choco Besa. Um, but I usually prefer dark beers. Okay. I try to appreciate IPAs. They're not yeah. my favorite. They're very different. It's yeah. Different. Yeah. Um, I do like the, like, East Coast IPAs better than the West Coast IPAs. They're not as, like, in-your-face intense, I feel like. I can actually drink it yeah. <laughs> and not be like, oh, what am I drinking? Biggie Smalls would be proud. Reference. <laughs> <Yes>. Rest in peace. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like that was a, this was a bad week for, for life. People, oh, people man. leaving. Don't get me started. Whew. That was that was shocking. that was rough. Yeah, man. How do you feel on a lighter note? How do you mm. feel about Guinness? Because it's kind of, it's like a dark beer, but it's not. A Guinness scout. cures everything. So I am half Irish. That's like muddled with some other stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so I have to be honest. I do like the the Guinness. It's not just the Irish talking. <laughs> and uh, it does cure, I think, everything. Um, I did a UK tour with, it was with my sister, but met some friends and we went to Ireland and we're out. I mean, it's partying every single night. Yeah. And I would start with a Guinness because I would lose my voice like after being out partying all night. And I'd start with the Guinness and then I'd have a voice again. So, there you go. Yeah. It's like, did you ever see, I think it's... Um, my big fat Greek wedding. Yes. Like put some Windex on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, Same kind of thing. just drink some Guinness. Drink You'll some be Guinness. fine. Yeah. Coronavirus, Guinness. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all wrong. They're, I know. Trying to make a vaccine. Yeah. You do, just get it's some already beer. out there. <laughs> get a six pack. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like Guinness. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you, Derek, yeah. for all your life tips. Any last, like, Derek motto you want to share? Um, work hard, play hard. Work hard. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Have fun. Yeah. Don't take life too seriously. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's just about enjoying your relationships. Yeah. Spend time with your loved ones. You got to be happy. Cause yep. It's the point of success if you don't have people to share it with. That's true. That's a good one. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was awesome being here. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Tune in next time for another awesome guest.